In today's show, we're going to be looking at Dynasty Fantasy Basketball, the value of a couple of players across the NBA and talking about what to expect this season and moving forward as well. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. Are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, the first first one of these that we're doing, uh, these mini shows uh, on Dynasty Leagues and uh, you're open to any sort of comments or discussion that you want to have on this of what sort of stuff you might want done differently. First one I'm doing, so let's see how it all works out and uh, I took suggestions for this over on the Discord channel as well which on the YouTube video or on the links to this audio show you can see the link to the Discord which you can join in but taking suggestions of players that people wanted me to talk about so let's talk about those players and let's start with a name who is right at the tip of everyone's tongue at the moment and that is Emmanuel Quickly of the New York Knicks just a quick summary on what Quickly has done this season he's only played three games and only had 15 minutes a game but he's scoring 10 points per game which is obviously really really good um, but there's a lot of stuff happening here with Quickly that is quite unsustainable. He was the 25th pick in the draft. I thought it was a reach at the time. He's looked much better than I thought. Let's see how it all pans out. But yeah, I, I thought it was a bit of a reach at the time. I don't fully believe that he is a point guard in terms of his ability to pass and distribute. That hasn't been really on display so far. Four assists in three games is not a great amount. Um, and there's a lot to, to hear that we're looking at with him that is really boosting his numbers, that is giving him a little bit, maybe it's a little bit of a sell-high situation for Quickly. And I'll say that, it's crazy. He's played 45 NBA minutes and hasn't started a game. But there are so many people expecting him to start games this year and expecting him just to come in and take over, which would take a remarkable effort for a rookie, a late first-round rookie, to do that under Tom Thibodeau. It would be a remarkable effort. Yes, the competition in front of him isn't all that great with Alfred Payton, but that would be a remarkable effort. But so many people are just assuming that's a fait accompli. It does appear like it might be trending that way, but with what he's doing at the moment, there's a lot of unsustainability. Quickly, in uh, in college, was you know, a, a strong a strong shooter. Like He shot the three ball really well, almost 40% from three. He's currently 50% in the NBA. His uh, assist rate is you know, similar in the NBA to what it was in college. 3.4 per 100 possessions. We're at 4.2 so far. That's fine. His steal rate is well up from 1.5 up to 2.1. A yeah, big jump there as well. They're not even the main things that I want to focus on here with Quickly, who has a remarkable true shooting of almost 80% this year. That's what's going to come down. The big thing that's driving so much of this value is not the fact that he's hitting 50% from three. It's not the fact, well, it's not entirely the fact that he's hitting 62.5% from two, a number which is unbelievably high. Last year in college, he shot 41% from two. So he is not a guy that over the course of that that time in his time in college, where he um, you know, played a, a lot of games. Let's have a look exactly. He played 67 games in his two years in college, and his two pointers he went at 41%, 101 out of 247. 
look, we're talking about a big, big increase. Yes, it's only a small sample size, but that's what you know, people look at these numbers and they go, well, look how good he is. Look how good his shooting is. But the one that stands out the most, he hasn't missed a free throw, but he has a free throw rate of almost 80%. And what a free throw rate is, is for every field goal attempt you take, how many free throw attempts do you take? And he has taken so far this season 14 field goal attempts and 11 free throws. For you know reference, the guys who sometimes get to 70%, 60% free throw rate, they're your guys like uh, yeah, Dwight Howard, the guys that would get hacked, DeAndre Jordan. Zion Williamson's about 0.5. Yeah, James Harden's in that level too. The high-end guys are at like 40%. He's at 80%. So not only is he hitting, and he's a really good free throw shooter. He was almost 90% last year at Kentucky. He's a really good free throw shooter. So he hasn't missed one, but he's also taking just a significantly larger proportion of his shots there. So there is going to be a big drop-off. And when you're not really getting assists at a high level, uh, and your two-point percentage is going to come down, and your three-point percentage is going to come down, and your free throw percentage is going to come down, and your free throw rate is going to come down, I would. There is a lot of hype about quickly at the moment, so I'd be interested in seeing if I could do anything in a trade in a dynasty league. Just because there is, he started off so well, and people don't always necessarily dig into some of these numbers, especially things like free throw rate. Now, a lot of stuff's been great for him, and I don't want to talk too much about quickly. He's got a you know, plus twenty five point five on off. It's awesome in forty six minutes, but it's awesome. Yeah, a box score plus minus of four point eight, really good. He's looked the part as well, but there are a few things I think we just need to be careful with when we look at Emmanuel quickly and his uh, and his value as we move forward. The next player we want to talk about here is Cameron Reddish of the Atlanta Hawks. Reddish, a guy that obviously had really huge pedigree coming into the, the to the college situation because of his high school ranking and was pretty disappointing overall in college. I think that's that's fair to say. Started out last season in the NBA as almost one of, if not if not almost, the worst rotation player that was getting minutes, but he did start to come along pretty strong towards the end of the year. And put up some good numbers. Now, he's in the starting lineup this year. In seven games, he's played uh, 29 minutes a game. He's still only averaging 11 points, the same as he did last year. 4.6 boards, 1.3 assists, 1.1 steals. He's shooting um, 37% from three, which is good, but only 39% on twos, which is somehow significantly lower than what he where he was at last year. His true shooting and two-point percentage are well below league average. His true shooting is the same as what he was as a rookie, and he's got a box score plus minus, which is horrendous, a negative 4.7 for Reddish, and it was negative 4.2 last year. His PER is worse. So for all of the steps forward that he took, he hasn't, in a statistical situation, he hasn't really taken big steps forward. He's the 169th ranked player this year in fantasy. Last year, he was 188th. He's playing almost two extra minutes per game this season, but 38% field goal still, 79 from the line. 39% 39% from two, as I mentioned. There are a lot of a lot of issues to me as to where Reddish goes from here. Like, how does he become this player that, that some think he is? Now, he was drafted in a lot of 12-team leagues, and he's still being held in a lot of 12-team redraft leagues, which, yeah, based on his current performance, wouldn't seem like a prudent thing. What are the good things about him? Well, he does have a pretty strong free throw rate, so that's a positive. He's got a great three-point attempt rate. For almost 40% of his shots are coming from three, although last year it was at 52%. So it has, uh, well, not sorry, last year it was at uh, 45%. So it has come down a little bit there. So there is, yeah, I guess, some concern um, about how he's looked. But I guess the positive we say is if you look at him in the preseason, 22 minutes a night, now it's preseason, of course, 14 points, 
1.73s, 5 rebounds, 1.7 steals, 44, 94, and 39 with a true shooting of 66. Like, is that the best case Cam Reddish scenario that we get to? It was pretty good, and maybe it gets to top 50, but I just feel like he continually gets a little bit overrated by people. Now, it hasn't been the strongest start. Bogdan Bogdanovich is there. Kevin Herter is there taking minutes. DeAndre Hunter's getting minutes at the three. Uh, Gallinari will get some of those minutes. Like, what is his path to becoming a top 70 player. What does he need to do? He, he needs to hit shots. The two-pointers need to go in. They haven't for two years. Yes, one year is seven games old, uh, but they haven't have gone in so far. But he does have a profile of being a high three-point attempt rate guy, a decent three-point shooter with a good free-throw attempt rate and a good steal rate. So there are some positive signs there for Reddish. I think he can be a top 100 player in about two to three years' time. Um, but I think again, it's it's worth looking at to see what people's what people's um, thought processes are and how he's gauged in the dynasty community because there are going to be people for sure out there who value him higher than others do and value him as a potential top thirty stud. Where I, I just don't see that for Reddish, unfortunately for him, because um, yeah, look, there are just too many things that, that I think hold him back from a dynasty perspective. The last guy we talk about here is an older player, but a rookie nonetheless, and that is Jay Sean Tate of the Houston Rockets. Tate is already 25 years of age. Um, He's playing a pretty key role for this Rockets team, coming off the bench, playing some small ball center, playing backup power forward as well. But when we look at him and what he's doing, is there any hope for him to become a, a a positive starter? The on-off is great. A plus 13. A negative five box score plus minus is pretty rough. Uh, The 57 true shooting is basically right bang on league average, which is strong. And he's the 216th ranked player this year, averaging seven and five with 0.8 steals and 0.63s, but playing 26 minutes. Uh, 48% from the field, 33% from three. I think we have some worries about his um, his shooting for sure. That's a concern. He, he did play down in Australia last year. I believe he played for Brisbane, my memory serves me. Oh, Sydney, my apologies. He played 27 minutes a night down there and averaged almost 17 points with six rebounds and got a steal per game and hit 41% of his threes. So I guess a, a, somewhat of a track record of shooting threes, which is good. Um, even when he played... Uh, over in Europe the year before, 44% uh, on his threes, which was good. Uh, when he was playing in Ohio State, he was never that level of shooter, a 28% three-point shooter across his four years at Ohio State. So either the two international years are the outlier or the he's improved significantly. Let's see how he looks here in the season. I, I think that there is a chance. Look, if he was younger, I would say that he would develop into a starter. At this point, I think, you know... It, If you hang your hat on maybe one or two top 200 seasons from Tate, I think you'll be going pretty well. What he's got to be able to do is hit the three ball at a higher volume, get the steal rate up as well, which is not bad at 0.8 per in 26 minutes. It's not a bad number, four steals in five games. He needs to be a 1.4 steal sort of guy, like almost a defensive player like a Gary Clark is in, in racking up those defensive numbers. But being able to shoot the three somewhat and being able to handle big minutes and being a relatively positive player when he's on the court. And that, that, that's a key thing as well. And that plus 13 on-off is probably the biggest thing to me that stands out about Jay Sean Tate. 
All right, so there my look at three dynasty guys, a little bit of a deeper dive into those players. Emmanuel Quickly, Cam Reddish, and Jay Sean Tate. Let me know what you thought about this. How could I do this sort of show differently? I'm sort of just trying to expand out to do a bit more dynasty content. Let me know what you think about the show. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Um, and if you could give us that uh, five-star review, if Apple Podcasts still lets you do it, that would be very much appreciated. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.